0: Hello there, and welcome to Sweet Out of Time. I'm your host Steve Barnes, and today we are recapping Dark. This is season three, episode three, Adam and Eva. And you know what? I stole this recap from one of and I also stole the host of one of stories.com and she's right here. She's your host too. It's Lindsay Dunn. Ahoy there, Lindsay.
1: Ahoy, Steve. Yes, I love the creation story of Adam and Eva. I mean. Wait, it's Adam and Eve normally, isn't it? But when, in the world of dark, it's Adam and Eva. So we will just go with that for this week.
0: Is that like the way that Germans say Eve? Is that like the German version of, of Eve straight up? That's what I kind of thought, right?
1: I wonder. I wonder if it's a Germanic name.
0: I don't know. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you don't mind me stealing you. I think everybody knows that the recaps we use are your written recaps over there in one of my stories. So every night before I watch one of these recaps, I have to run to the printer, print out one of your recaps so I can take my notes alongside yours. Um, but yeah, this, is, this was episode three and this was kind of like a, it, it, it almost felt like a, one of those Game of Thrones like linking episodes where like they were setting the chess pieces for the next episode. I mean, a lot of neat things happened in this episode that I loved. But it felt mm-hmm. like we were we were kind of getting moved along to the next episode. Did you kind of agree with that or no?
1: Yeah, it's a transitional episode, I guess. A, a little bit of this episode had a few plotting moments I felt, but they mm-hmm. we were talking about how they have to choose what they're going to put in World Two, which bits of history or the investigation but seeing how far we got into the investigation in episode one in you know the first couple seasons when we go over to world two and they're just finding the coin i'm like that's a little bit of a yawn it's like okay charlotte we're way ahead of you girl you got that coin good for you but it's not that exciting to us i don't know
0: i think i mean it I kind of almost thought it was because it's kind of like they're reliving those those moments over again it's like get the band back together pull out the old hits and and let's do them again but in a different kind of way that's kind of what it feels like to me is like a remix of um season one
1: Mm -hmm. you know just for funsies when you mentioned running to the printer I would really like to see a scene where the unknown has to print out some documents and wait for the printer to go. And he's interrupted (laughs) by the dearly departed Jasmine or something. That would be funny if the if the unknown was having to try to wait for a printer.
0: He's standing there waiting. And then like the little version of him is like tugging on his sleeve. I got to go to the bathroom.
1: (laughs) The toner is out. So he has to reload the toner
0: dad get the toner please <laughs> they got to work together as a team i don't see that a whole lot <laughs> he needs to give them more tasks to do no
1: they make the uh, the middle h1 do everything the other two uh-huh. would just be standing there
0: yeah that's right he's in like one of the first scenes and i had a point to make about him um so i'm going to go ahead and get into the recap i, I mm-hmm. mean i know it's a little early here but are you ready to go ahead and get into it Lindsay?
1: <laughs> yes i'm ready to get into it One lone carriage drives determinedly through the rain. Go, buddy, go. A voice speaks. From then on, I knew that nothing changes, that all things remain. The spinning wheel turns round and round in a circle, one fate tied to the next, a thread red like blood that connects all our deeds. These words should sound familiar because we've heard them before. (laughs) <laughs> and inside the carriage a man reads out loud from the play Ariadne. He's wearing a signet ring with the munda symbol on it and he's holding the cane <laughs> with those same letters engraved on the handle. The man is Heinrich Tanhaus, and he's talking to his son young Gustav, the one whom we met in eighteen eighty eight. He tells Gustav that Ariadne was his mother's favorite play. Her name was Charlotte. He holds the mm. pocket watch that reads for Charlotte. Gustav asks why people die. Heinrich replies that the dead are never truly dead. That everyone who <laughs> once lived still lives on in the eternity of time.
0: <laughs> I've spoken like a true, weird, rich guy, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's neat how he has like this ring and the cane, and he's like, he's all into like this mundus thing. Mm-hmm. And what year is this? Like Gustav's a kid. We meet We meet old Gustav in 1888. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing this is like 1810, 1820.
1: Well, it might be 33 years before <laughs> they. Well, they- he looks
0: too young to be like, yeah. Because Gustav is old That's in, 19, true. in 1888. That's true. Maybe it's he looks 66, about 80.
1: Somebody, one of 66. the other podcasts that mentioned right. it was 66 years ago. So they guessed 18, oh my gosh, I can't. Remember, 1822. 22, um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it doesn't really say on the screen. It never establishes exactly what year it is but this is the earliest year we see in the show
0: yeah it doesn't necessarily have to be like an even 33 years before that's true this is just showing us like his origin story Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: it's yeah it's kind of neat obviously his origin story is his dad is obsessed with his get bringing his mom back to life or turning back time and the Ariadne play I mean thank god that that (laughs) I mean that has like stood the test of time and then This Mm -hmm. guy would be proud. He would be proud to tell his wife, Charlotte, like, they're still doing this play in 2020. It's Mm -hmm. awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And the origin of the watch. There it is. Mm -hmm. It's brand new and shiny.
1: Yeah. I mean, we've been thinking maybe somebody, when they gave this watch to young Charlotte, Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they, that's what happened. but obviously that's not what happened this this watch existed long before baby Charlotte.
0: Yeah, it did its own little weird time loop and yeah, it got sucked into the portals of time.
1: Mm-hmm. but yeah this is this is cool and it just is another example of how the show keeps going because we're also trying to track the origin. Everybody keeps saying <laughs> this is where it all began. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And every time we think we've gotten to the beginning, they show us, well, there's another origin.
0: The little peek ahead though, episode four is called the origin. So maybe we'll see it then.
1: (laughs) And (laughs) then will it be a new origin, who knows, (laughs) (laughs) but all right, so then we now flash forward old Gustav rides in the carriage alone. It's September 23rd, 1888. He's holding the watch and the copy of Ariadne. Suddenly, the carriage stops due to somebody standing in the road. The driver is killed and the murderer boards. It's the unknown. Gustav (laughs) does his best not to appear afraid. Mm -hmm. The unknown says He who has eyes to see and ears to hear may convince himself that no mortal can keep a secret. Because if his lips are silent, he chatters with his fingertips. Betrayal oozes out of him at every (laughs) pore. The adult unknown quotes the words that would one day be sent in a letter letter to Inspector (laughs) Clausen.
0: It's so gross! Uh, Klausen's words coming out of the unknown's mouth. <laughs> it's like it can't get any worse than this. <laughs> I mean, it's great they brought this quote back because this is an awesome quote, obviously. But mm-hmm. it's funny to me that it's like Klausen's words and it's the unknown here.
1: Yeah, and once again, <clears throat> he's speaking quotes like we talked about. Yep. <laughs> oh, he's alone.
0: He's alone. He doesn't have his, his little boy and his dad with him.
1: Well, he doesn't. He doesn't really have a little boy. I think. I think Gustav is alone. His only company. No, I'm is... talking about
0: the unknown.
1: Oh, I mean, I think they all couldn't fit in the carriage. The carriage didn't have enough room. I bet oh, they're, they're waiting outside. Right outside. Yes. Okay.
0: All right. All right. <laughs> I was happy to see him alone. I was like, "Well, he's a lone wolf now. This is great." <laughs>
1: yeah gustav says he doesn't understand but the unknown predicts that he's going into town to write a telegram telling the world about the travelers mm-hmm. gustav recognizes him as a traveler and rejoices that his father was right perhaps he thinks the unknown is like stranger Jonas, right. but the unknown pulls out the strangling wire and we can see blood spatters on his face from his already violent actions this evening.
0: That's right. Not only Gustav, but he also killed the innocent horse carriage driver too.
1: Probably too. Who knows? (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's, it's um, you kind of wonder what the purpose is here. I was sort of defending him, the unknown, from your from your die Going, mm-hmm. okay, with um, burned, he maybe he felt like he had to kill burned. He had to kill Jasmine because she interrupted his ransacks of the papers. But I guess okay, well, he felt like he had to kill Gustav because he was going into town to write this telegram.
0: Right. Yes.
1: So for whatever reason, they don't want the news to be spread <laughs> throughout the universe that time travel is a reality.
0: Yeah, yeah, it seems like he's trying to like cut things off at the stop. Is what this guy's trying to do. This guy being the unknown. This is just another step in that.
1: Mm-hmm. But also, then why did? Why, uh, it makes me wonder why Gustav waited so long because. Stranger Jonas and all them came to him a while ago. So why did he wait till this moment to go write this telegram?
0: Hmm. Um, I wonder if it's because Martha showed up. Mm-hmm. Um, and that inspired him. Um, cause she knows that she's a traveler. So maybe that was the inspiration or maybe this happened You know, this would make a lot more sense if this scene happened at the end of the episode, because then, you know, he would be like, oh, something happened. And like, you know, we're very close now or something along those lines. Yeah. But yeah, as it is, I don't know. I don't know what the impetus was here. I'm guessing Martha just spur the moment guess here.
1: Yeah. Just the writing. They needed (laughs) they needed to show him (laughs) and give him one episode to live before they killed him off.
0: Yep, yeah, but yeah, you have another paragraph to read here, right? Yes,
1: I do, I do. <laughs> the unknown says, What we know is a drop, what we don't know is an ocean. And Steve, do you remember when who first said those words in that in this show?
0: Yes, burnt. Burnt Doppler, right?
1: Very good, yes.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: So this this uh, this is an old quote also coming back. That old chestnut. <laughs> and it's implied that the unknown will kill Gustav just as he kills the others. Even though we don't see any signs of the other two versions, it right. seems like the unknown was sent to maintain the secrets of Sigmundus and time travel. And now we must wonder if Clausen was being controlled by the unknown in 2020.
0: Hmm. I don't. I don't. I, I didn't wonder that until now. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think like Klausen was. I think he's. Clausen is being led by the events and the facts and mm-hmm. perhaps the unknown is laying down those events and right. supplying those facts. Yeah.
1: Well, I guess what this goes to is the letter. Clausen mm-hmm. received a letter in the mail mm-hmm. and he read right. the letter to Alexander. The letter had this quote in it. So oh, if God, the yes. unknown wrote yes. a letter, then I guess it's he was controlled in through yeah. this letter. Yeah.
0: I don't wonder. That's I think that's a fact because these are the words of that letter Mm
1: -hmm.
0: that he said. So yeah. Dang it, unknown in Clausen. That's the worst (laughs) team possible. Yeah. But um, this leads back to like um at the beginning of this season when they were when he came in and like burnt down the lair. That's why I was saying I think that's more of like a symbolic act than anything else, because he's coming in now and trying to destroy things at the origin, and it seems like he's maybe trying to destroy Adam's world, perhaps uh, we'll get more into that later. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, it just makes me feel bad to think like, okay, Alexander went through this because like, the reason Clausen came to Wyndon is because of this unknown. So the unknown right. caused all sorts of chaos by bringing Alexander, um, by bringing Clausen <laughs> to the town.
0: So. That's right. Yeah. Last episode, you'll remember us blamed everything directly on Clausen. So maybe I should <laughs> take that back and blame it all on the unknown. Or maybe yeah. he's just a henchman, too.
1: <laughs> so last paragraph about this scene. At this young age, Gustav has to deal with the reality that his mother died before her time. Perhaps his grief for his mother's death kick start, kickstarted this whole operation. But where was the true origin? Also mm-hmm. the lines in Ariadne mirror the story of Jonas and Marta maintaining a timeline that damns everyone to suffering. The whole bit about the red thread and mm-hmm. our, we're, our fates are tied together, all that, so. That's right. Yeah, it's just a cool, a cool opening. That's like the origin of everything. Where's the true origin? Everyone keeps saying, this is the real beginning.
0: That's right. Yeah. I I love this opening to this episode. It put me in a good mood already. Just seeing (laughs) like, yes, going back even further in time, like already like kind of makes you open your eyes up a little bit wider and like, yeah, neat. We're (laughs) new times. That's always fun.
1: Mm. In the air at Lux Lair. We discover the name by the end of the episode, <laughs> so I went ahead and called it the Arret Lux Lair. Old Eva continues talking to Teen Jonas. She tells him that it's a mistake for people to think of themselves as independent entities when everyone is a fraction of a whole. Jonas asks if this is a copy of his world. Eva reminds him of the night he told her that she was feeling a glitch in the matrix. To assume World 2 is a copy is to assume World 2 came from World 1. She quickly shows him the fault in his assumption. He then asks why he's here. He's here to save both worlds, she says, and Eva has a giant, long scar on her left cheek.
0: Yeah, the main takeaway I took from this scene was that, like, Jonas is, like, the the atom of his world, and... Martha here is the Eva of her world. Mm-hmm. And yeah, instead of being one being a copy of the other, we see that they're just mirror images of one another.
1: And for me, this is the we have we have had this like interactions of stranger Jonas or Adam with Marta. We see like the show continues to mirror them. So like Adam. Mm-hmm hangs out with marta (laughs) older eva hangs out with Jonas. yeah and so they're trying to influence their counterparts
0: i mean that sounds obvious but um i'll be honest with you i didn't really make that like clear connection as i was watching it Um, but now that you mention it yeah <laughs> it's an obvious thing that an obvious you know device that I should have um, latched onto. I was too involved in the story to like actually like, oh, okay, old Eva, young Jonas. Okay, old Jonas, young Martha. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> yeah. again, just there, there's too many levels to this.
1: Yeah. So we cut to the police station in World two. Ulrich gives a report on the body, the teens found in the bunker. Pictures of the evidence appear: a pair of Air Jordans, a Walkman, a yellow sweatshirt that reads "Atom Energy Nine Dunka," <laughs> and the ID card. <laughs> we see disturbing photos of Mads' burnt eyes and ruptured eardrums. Ulrich can barely keep from sobbing as he gives the report the police choose not to identify the body as being mad, despite the ID card.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's wise because it would be bizarre to like him as I don't know, I think I think there was good reasoning behind that. You're right about the body. That was some pretty graphic imagery there and some good um, makeup work on that kid's face.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've seen it. these are images we've seen before, right? We've seen the Air Jordans, the Not Walkman. Not clear though. Yeah. Well, they. I, again, we have to think of this as expediency. In World One, we saw these things sort of pop up at different, at different points in the show. But here, they're just they're putting them all together as if. But um, but yeah, the the stuff is pretty striking. But I think the thing that really stands out to me in this scene is Ulrich um mm-hmm. just like barely able to keep together giving this report <laughs> and you know finally <laughs> finally um charlotte kind of stops him and says um you know let's let's like take <laughs> a break you know because <laughs> it's just not yeah, professional like- for you to be up you know up there like <laughs> sobbing it-
0: and reading all like the uh, the other actors like looks on their faces like they're like, whoa! Like they're like, yeah. You know you can tell the room is like really and feeling really intense, and even Waller is kind of like feeling for the guy. And yeah it's, yeah, it's a rough scene for Ulrich. That's right.
1: Mm-hmm. Charlotte stops him and pulls him into the storage closet. She tells him Woo-hoo. that he. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> she tells him that he doesn't have to lead the case. Ulrich says that someone must have kept Mads' clothes and put Thank it on you. another body as a cruel act of sadism. Charlotte then wonders aloud if the murders of Eric, Mads, and the boy in the bunker are all connected. Both Charlotte and Ulrich in World Two seem more in touch with their emotions. Ulrich in world one reeked of cynicism and sarcasm, while this Ulrich has never gotten over losing Mads and sh- clearly shows that and knows that about himself. Again, everybody's gone to therapy in world two, I feel, <laughs> a little more than uh, than in world one.
0: I was, yeah, I think that um, this is Martha's world. So mm-hmm. this is like a woman's world where it's a little more emotionally <laughs> intelligent And and people Hmm. talk things out instead Mm -hmm. of like, you know, rushing to fisticuffs like in Adam's world.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Or to tell Charlotte, too, that he became a policeman because of how badly the police handled his brother's case. He feels ashamed that he has ruined his marriage and is now cheating on Hannah. He tells Charlotte that the affair is over. Unlike Hannah, Charlotte understands.
0: What a different world this is, right? <laughs> <laughs> People having reasonable discussions. I mean, come on.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. We warp into world one. At the Tan House factory, Bartosh ah. and Alt Marta walk in together. Stranger Jonas gets very suspicious. He wonders <laughs> what Alt Marta told Bartosh. <laughs> Bartosh gets equally angry that they have been stuck there for weeks with no progress. Stranger Jonas just repeats that Alt Marta isn't the real Marta, that their Marta is dead. Ugh. Magnus thinks that Alt Marta can help.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Bartosh goes full out prosecutor and wants Stranger Jonas to admit who killed Marta. Stranger Jonas just walks out and Bartosh follows him. It's hard to fathom Alt Marta's emotions at this point. Is she purposefully trying to stir up trouble? Hmm. Bartosh loathes that Stranger Jonas keeps getting to control his life. And just like outside the high school, Bartosh begins to fight Jonas in the rain. He demands Stranger Jonas tell the truth. Magnus finally steps in and pulls Bartosh off. Bartosh just screams that the stranger is Adam. Marta (laughs) doesn't. Try to stop the fight. She's an agent of chaos.
0: Agent of chaos. Mm-hmm. I like the way you ended that paragraph. <laughs> I don't agree with that, but I like I like your angle. <laughs> um, I think she's just confused, personally. Um, you know, we, we've all seen the, the end of this episode. So I think that she kind of has a mission in mind, and she's not really sure, like, how to go about her mission. She's not really sure why she's even on this mission, why she's there. She just knows that there's a lot of weird vibes going around right now.
1: Mm -hmm. But I do feel like she understands the power she has and she clearly uses that. She understands that Bartosh and Jonas are enemies. There's something about her facial expression and how she's She has this defiant facial expression, and when Stranger Jonas looks at her, she just looks at him back like, what? (laughs) What do you have? What is it that you're trying to prove? And there she's constantly trying to get power over Jonas. And Adam has we find out later, Adam has told her to do this. You know, he Mm -hmm. sent her to do this, and so she is in there to cause a stir. She's there to interrupt things and that's what I mean. She's you know, she know in the world 1 if you remember, another thing I was thinking is that when Bartosh mm-hmm. and Jonas fight in the rain like after <laughs> Marta had told Bartosh, you know, that Jonas kissed her and Bartosh gets all upset The two of them Mm -hmm. start to fight and Marta like tries to intervene. You know, she, she screams at them to stop. She pulls Mm -hmm. the person on top off. So here she doesn't do anything. She's not, she doesn't try to get, you know, it's Magnus that has to stop the fight. Magnus who's Mm -hmm. like the, can be the bully. Right. So
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I just felt like her body language said everything here.
0: Okay. Okay. I guess I'll counter that. And I'll say that when um, when things were back in the day, <laughs> season one, world one, mm-hmm. and Jonas and Bartosh had their fight in the rain, it was strictly over Marta. Mm-hmm. It wasn't over any kind of time travel stuff. It wasn't over any, like, let's go home. It wasn't any, like, I'm confused. I've been time traveling. I don't know what the hell is going on. So I think those were simpler times and Martha's objective was much clearer. Hey, these two guys are fighting. I need to stop them from fighting. Whereas now she's in a much more like weird spot where she's like, like I said, she has a task. She doesn't really know why she has this task. She's been given specific instructions and she doesn't know how to um, fulfill them because Jonas is being weird and he's the one that she's supposed to give the thing to. And Bartosh is being like all friendly and showing her stuff, but she's not supposed to give this thing to Bartosh. So it's like she has like some, I don't know, some weird interference that she wasn't expecting.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't agree with that, Steve, but <laughs> that's okay. Right. Well, but I don't think we've well, ever I'm so clearly d- seen something d- different before. That's cool.
0: Yeah, that, that's fine. It's interesting. But I think we can agree on this. Bartosh sucks. He like put he like sucker punched Jonas. Like Jonas walked out, Stranger Jonas walks out in the rain. Bartosh comes behind him and like pushes him down face first on the ground like while Jonas has his back to him. So mm-hmm. it's a total sucker punch. So can we agree yeah. that Bartosh was lame in that fight?
1: I mean, Jonas is a grand as a grown man and Bartosh is getting the better of him. So I don't know. It it was with. I can understand. I feel like I, I. This is this is the season where we start feeling for Bartosh finally.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: right. he didn't have any choice in this matter. Y- Jonas, Stranger Jonas, showed up out of nowhere and opened the time machine and said, "You're all coming with me." Bartosh didn't have any choice in this. He definitely did mm-hmm. not want to spend eternity with <laughs> Stranger Jonas. So and then he finds out that Jonas is the one who killed Marta, which hasn't, you know, Jonas didn't say, he said, Adam. He doesn't tell him, I'm Adam. So Bartosz feels betrayed and unlike, like we talked about, you know, this is Adam's world, right? Not Eve's world, this isn't the woman's world. This is the, <laughs> this is right. the man's world. So That's when right. men get upset, <laughs> they push people around and hit them. That's That seems to be how they work yep. things out yep <laughs> <laughs> um okay let's did we, miss do the, we missed the
0: opening credits way far by now um the opening credits we were the,
1: after the after the carriage the after the whole carriage thing and they killed yeah do you want to say something to, about the opening credits
0: yeah i did i know it's too late but who cares <laughs> um, <laughs> oh i just think like Some of those things, some of those images, we see a lot of um, things we're already starting to recognize. We see, um, you know, Jonas and Marta when they're having sex at one point. I think we see some of these images in the rain. And we also see like a um, like a cage and like the fingers coming out of the cage. And then we see what's got to be Claudia putting on like some lipstick. I can only imagine that's Claudia putting lipstick on in that one scene. Um, I don't know I just uh, every time I watch the show I always watch the credits too so I've watched the credits twice and still fascinated by the imagery
1: okay yeah I think that the person putting on the lipstick is Hannah but that's in the next episode so we'll see if that plays out
0: okay you actually see it happening okay it looks really perverse in this intro scene. And it's like, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Um, these like triple, imp- I mean, the, the it like mirrors just like our worlds. We see like these four different quadrants and they're all mirrors of each other. Mm-hmm. Our boy um, Dylan likes to play with photography and do that kind of stuff too. Cool. Anyway, yeah, I digress about the intro. I'll let you continue. Mm.
1: <laughs> okay, so after this... Fight and the screaming of Bartash. Yeah. <laughs> we warp <laughs> back to world two. Eva asks Jonas why he could never let go. The two of them have an unbreakable bond. Adam tried to sever it, but could not. She pulls out the St. Christopher medallion <clears throat> to prove how close they are in either world. And he has his own St. Christopher medallion in his pocket. Mm hmm. She tells him that they are forever bound. Jonas raises his voice again. He wants to know why he's here. She says that if he wants to save Marta, he must choose the sight of light and make her into what she is today. Jonas gets mad that he keeps being told what to do. She tells him that no matter what he claims, his desire to save Marta will determine what he does. His desire will lead.
0: Yeah, I don't have much to add add to that. Um, another one of our moving the chessboard and two characters talking to each other in the room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> did Did you have anything you wanted to um to dive into there?
1: I guess the only thing is that something that struck me about this scene is that Eva has this, and again, it's hard. She's a hard character for me to read. This older Mm -hmm. Eva. Yep. Um, You know, with Adam, he comes across as just hard and uncaring. I'm still unable to read this Eva. But she does seem to like she hold like she touches his hand at one point. And so I was like, okay, is she trying to manipulate him or is she? unable to help herself, you know, from wanting to be close to him.
0: There was chemistry. Absolutely. I kept wondering, like, you know, because they they kept framing them, Mm -hmm. like facing each other very close to each other, almost as if they would embrace at any moment. And, you know, they had to have been feeling the pull because it's, this is Jonas and Marta, man. They got to be feeling the pull to each other. But you know, there is that separation of worlds, and then they have the separation of age as well. But it's well, still again,
1: there, yeah. Back to the mirroring in the you can tell that in world one, in the stranger Jonas and Marta combination, when they're together, he clearly is in her throes. <laughs> He's just always like, he can't help himself, he is drawn to her. Whereas, yeah. I don't feel like Marta the young that Marta is is drawn to stranger Jonas but she knows he's drawn to her and so with Eva and Jonas i kind of wondered if they're supposed to be the same way that Eva mm. is still really attracted to Jonas cuz he's the person he's the person that he's her love you know um but this Jonas obviously his love is for Marta, his Marta. And that's that's not mm-hmm. what she looks like. So um I wondered if she's the one that's like with the attraction. But they do they do like have eye contact and stuff like that. But for Jonas, I feel like he knows this Eva is the one that has the answers and so he needs mm-hmm. to try to connect with her. But yeah. I feel like she had she still has an attraction to him, like the same way Stranger Jonas has a pull to Marta. I, yeah, but it was just a little harder to determine. Maybe it's because women, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I always feel like my emotions are written all over my face, but uh, sometimes people feel like women's emotions are harder to read in some ways when they're smitten. Yeah.
0: I guess it depends, I guess, person to person. Some people are more guarded than others, and some Mm -hmm. people don't have control over their emotions as well. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Okay, so in World 2, at the Conwald house, Marta lies in bed thinking. She has a yellow pillow. The doorbell rings. Marta answers the door to find Ulrich. He demands to know what really happened in the bunker he scoffs at her story of seeing a light and a body dropping from the sky to be fair he doesn't really scoff he just <laughs> he thinks she was on drugs is what he keeps saying were Straight you on up, something yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um magnus then joins them downstairs magnus wears a skeleton shirt which was mm-hmm. kind of a cute little mickle reference yeah um Magnus does sneer at his father. Fueled by their father's abandonment of the family, the two of them now realize he doesn't believe them. Ulrich tries to touch his son on the face, but Magnus steps back.
0: Yeah, a lot of tension in this family here with this guy, Ulrich. <laughs> Is this Magnus's black hoodie, the one he was looking for? <laughs> his black skeleton hoodie? <laughs>
1: It had a hood on it, but he is wearing the skeleton short, which is kind of cool.
0: No Mickle. We didn't see Mickle in this scene. I was kind of hoping we would see him.
1: Hmm. Yeah, maybe he's actually at school.
0: <laughs> These others are just skipping. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed there's like school projects on the table. They have a, um, a solar system, like a uh, diorama, and they hmm. have a um, an abacus on the table there too. Something that's I did pretty not neat. see
1: that. <laughs> yeah.
0: But yeah, I don't, I don't think I have much else to say. This is a, a dicky dad <laughs> who's happens to be a cop working on a case where his two kids were witnesses mm-hmm. and he's blaming his kids for being high because the, what they're telling him, he doesn't like mm-hmm. <laughs> <So> <laughs> it's And he doesn't yeah, really was,
1: say, how are you guys feeling?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you guys okay? Like, that was pretty rough, huh? Yeah. yeah. This, this is how not to act right mm-hmm. here.
1: <laughs> Hannah walks into the police station carrying a container of baked goods. <laughs> nice. <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's met by Waller and Charlotte. Hannah asks to see Ulrich, but Charlotte reports that he left work a while ago. Hannah stares at Charlotte with interest. Charlotte looks different. Perhaps she got a haircut. (laughs) Hannah steps forward to hug her and takes a big whiff. What? (laughs) Hannah knows what's what. Charlotte looks nervous. In Ulrich's Uh office, Hannah catches her breath, obviously putting the pieces together.
0: What a weird scene. (laughs) Hannah's acting so weird in this scene. It's like she's grabbing Charlotte like she's getting ready to like make out with her or something like that was a strange like way she grabbed her to hug her just out of nowhere. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Like in Wheel of of Time like we would talk about James would talk about the silly consultant like because every like 10 minutes in Wheel of Time admittedly like you know something kind of silly would happen. And James's point was like there should be a silly consultant on set who's like. (laughs) Don't do that because that's like entirely too silly. Now, dark is not silly. There's no silly moments in dark, but there are moments that I would say that they would need like a, a Spanish soap opera consultant who would say like, this is, this scene is like too much like a Spanish soap opera. So I think we need to like be a little more realistic here because I think some of especially Hannah's scenes, she really overacts the drama and is really laid on thick. And uh, I just couldn't help but notice it this scene.
1: Yeah. I mean, the counterpart to this is when Katarina sniffs mm-hmm. Hannah at their house. That scene didn't go as things... weird, though. Right. Well, they were, their families were facing a loss. So Hannah could right. be, they could be like, it's so good of you to bring this casserole. Thank you. Um, so Hannah could have at right. least said, it's great to see you, Charlotte. <laughs> something. Instead, yeah. But um, but yeah, I mean, is is it usual? You wonder how often Hannah comes in with brownies. <laughs> it's just a little, a little strange too. Oh,
0: never, never <laughs> ever, ever. <laughs> and like even Waller was kind of like playing the scene, like, what is happening here? Is something happening here?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Back at the Conwald house, Marta goes to talk to Magnus in his room. She's wearing the yellow raincoat. He tells her to go away, but she sits down anyway. She asks him if he saw anything in the forest last night. She wonders if she's losing her mind. Maybe dad. She then leaves the house outside Magnus's window. This is the window where everybody sneaks out.
0: Every house has one of these windows, right? (laughs) (laughs) did your house have one of these windows when you were a kid sir
1: no sir no trellises (laughs) outside of our out of our house i think we watched um was that movie we watched pollyanna a few too many times remember uh pollyanna you know had the tree and then broke her Mm -hmm. legs so we watched that movie a few too many times to ever think about doing anything like that
0: that's like a scene that always plays in my head is that one scene where that one boy comes to her house and he's yelling up at the window like Pollyanna can you come out and play <laughs> and like for some whatever reason that that plays in my head nonstop um, with these guys though um, I like Magnus a lot here he's um, this mirrors of course season one Magnus and Marta's relationship mm-hmm. and discussions. But yeah, she's all like, "Oh, maybe Dad's right." Yeah. Magnus like looks her right in the eye, and he's like, "No, I know exactly what I saw." So I really like Magnus's decisiveness there, and him trying to like push Martha in that direction too. Like, don't mm-hmm. let Dad's you know get in your head. Like, we were there; we all saw it.
1: Yeah, he's just, but he's he's not very supportive. I kind of wish you know when she said. I wonder if I'm losing my mind, he would say, No, you're not, you know, he doesn't say anything to comfort her. He just and then plus, it's so brotherly of him to say, go away. Mm-hmm.
0: That's <laughs> Since his she style. she ignores
1: him anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we go back to Eva. Everything repeats itself because none of us is prepared to let go. These scenes for me, these scenes are getting a little repetitive between Eva and Jonas. It feels like we're just kind of circling the airport a little bit, but uh huh. (laughs) Okay. It took her a long time to accept that he would always choose her, meaning OG Marta. She clung to her past just like him. Jonas must show her how it's all connected. She has to see her future. She hands him a new kind of flashlight and touches his hand. He walks out of the room holding the flashlight. Despite all his words, he can't resist the sway of Marta in any world.
0: (laughs) Always another cool flashlight. Always another cool jacket. Like these guys (laughs) never in dark ways never disappoint. Um, But you are right. I wrote that down somewhere as well that these are my least favorite scenes, the scenes with Adam and the scenes with Eva mm-hmm. and even some of the scenes with tan house where people are just standing there talking. Um, I've, I've come to realize that these are my least favorite scenes. <laughs> I used to like those tan house scenes, but now when I think back, I really like the, uh, you know, I like Jonas and Bartosz fighting in the rain better. I like them, you know, messing around <laughs> with the, with the steampunky old time machine like standing in the room in the darkness talking yeah this episode it was getting to me as well
1: Mm -hmm. so we warp to world one alt marta with a small cut on the left cheek sits in her room in 1888 she examines (laughs) a saint christopher medallion stranger Jonas enters after knocking on the door and alt marta stands very deferential like and hides the coin he asks why he can't remember coming to her world and she mm-hmm. tells him she doesn't know she also Good shares answer. that she didn't write the letter he asked about and she asks about Sigmundus he tells her that old Tanhouse's father tried to raise someone from the dead And he thought that time travel could save the world and erase every bad thing that ever happened. But so far, Jonas hasn't seen any salvation, only damnation.
0: Does that continue into your next paragraph? Yes. Does the scene continue? Marta tears
1: up as he talks. She tells him adamantly that she wants to save the people in her world if she can. Jonas remains passive. Alt Marta grabs his arm and tells him that he can trust her. She wants to prove it and chooses to show him the device she travels with, the golden globe. Mm-hmm. And Stranger Jonas, at first I was like, a oh, big deal. But it's like, okay, Stranger Jonas hadn't seen this before. It was just young Jonas right. saw it. Right. She switches out of her blue dress and puts on the gray uniform we saw her wear the first time before going out in the rain. It's her only way to get home, and she will give it to Stranger Jonas to prove her good intentions along with a black ball that powers it up full of God particle. Alt Marta wants Stranger Jonas to trust her, so she chooses to reveal one of her secrets, hoping he might open up to her. However, it's still unclear if Alt Marta is trying to help or manipulate things into going her way. Her indecipherable facial expressions seem too guarded.
0: I hear that. (laughs) Um, I kind of think at this point, it seems like um, this ball is an integral part of the loop. Um, Especially when we see at the end, it was Adam that sent her on this mission. Mm Mm-hmm. And we know that she's lying here when she says, this is my last one. But that's beside mm-hmm. the point here. I mean, she gave it to him.
1: Why did and... she give it to him?
0: Because Adam told her to, I guess, right? That's my yeah, and... that's my logical explanation.
1: Mm-hmm. And was Adam Do you think there's more to help? To
0: it, well, he's certainly not trying to destroy his own world, I wouldn't think. I mean, he does want to see the world burn. We know that. So yeah, maybe that is what he's trying to do is trying to, um, you know, cause that was kind of like his stated goal was he wanted to like end the loop and end all the suffering. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was That's his stated those- goal.
0: Yes. So uh, this is probably a step in that goal. And I'm just kind of seeing Marta as like a pawn here in a, in a way. Um, I could be wrong about that, but that's just kind of the read that I get.
1: Well, we'll see what happens when they use the ball and see, you know, what happens.
0: Ooh, I wonder what's going to happen. Okay. <laughs> yeah. This is an excellent time for me to ask you something. Um, okay. And this is like the main thing I wanted to ask about. This is going to be our clip of the show, Lindsay. <laughs> so there's the St. Christopher medallion. It's mm-hmm. special to, um, you know, Katarina, Marta, and Jonas. They kind of share it around.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then there is the, the say it for me, the coin. I say the effing <laughs> the coin.
1: The Fennig coin. Fennig
0: mm-hmm. coin. So, yeah, there's two distinctly different coins here. Why do you think they did that to us? Having these two different coins. They're both on the string. So, we know the string is what ties everything together. We know the Saint Christopher medallion is the traveler and the symbol of the traveler. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: What is the um, finneg coin supposed to be representing?
1: So, what I remember most about the finneg coin is it's the tool given to Helge. Helge Mm -hmm. sees it as a charm, a protective charm, and when Noah has Helge travel. He gives him the coin as like, good luck. And so from then on, every time Helge loaded one of these boys' bodies into the chair to travel, he always gave them the coin. And so the coin is very much connected to Helge and Noah. Okay. Whereas, like you mentioned, the St. Christopher medallion is important to Jonas, Marta, and Eva and Katarina and Helene, but also um, Egon and Katarina. You know, it's it's passed around a lot <laughs> in this show. Well, it's,
0: it's on Egon. Is that what's on Egon's um, Volkswagen? Like when he's older,
1: mm, um, older Egon. Maybe he has a
0: coin, but I can't. Yeah. T- I don't remember if it's the Saint Christophers
1: yeah. or the. But Finney. he gives it. He's the one that gives it to Hannah.
0: Yeah, that's um. Yeah. Yeah. To, to the casual viewer. And that's what I was like the first time I watched dark and like, you know, binged it and was like, wow, that show ruled. Um, the thing I took away was like, oh, and there was this red string in this coin. I only remember it as one. I don't remember like as the casual viewer, the two different types of coins and what they represented. It wasn't until we started doing this. And we started talking about the coins that, you know, I now see the differences in what they represent. Mm
1: -hmm. But also the other thing about the coin is it has a date on it. So the date said 1986, you know, for instance, that that when Mads traveled, when his body was found, it had this 1986 coin on it. So that was also one of the clues that could track. And in this episode, we're going to see later, Charlotte finds a coin and then Helge has his coin. And right, right. when she looks at it, it says 1986. Like one okay. side says one fennig coin. The other side says Republic of Germany, 1986. Mm-hmm. So it kind of proves time travel exists, but right. nobody wants to accept it. But yeah, yeah,
0: just the fact that there's two coins there in the police station at that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't realize that that's what the year that was stamped on that coin. And that's the year that is always on that coin. Is that right?
1: No, I mean, it's like a, it's like probably like pennies, right? Um, but it's the same know?
0: necklace, though, that gets passed around from Ulrich to Helge to and then it makes the loop.
1: Uh, yeah, probably, probably. But I mean, it sounded like you were saying every Fennig coin since 1986. But in this show, yes. No.
0: Yeah, this Fennig coin <laughs> attached to this string. They only <laughs> but, made Fennig coins one but year. But there must
1: <laughs> be more than one because like seen and Eric tra- you know, were sent through the machine at the same time. So I don't think there's just one coin the whole show. Multiple hmm. kids wear coins and their bodies are found with these coins on them. But the particular oh, did, one that held is the 1986
0: coin. I'm of the opinion that they're all the same coin, though, like just bootstrapped. Like we see multiple time machines, but we know there was only one time machine, but mm-hmm. that it got time traveled around so that it appeared to be duplicated. I think it might be the same thing with this coin. And the. But they're,
1: okay, so when the two boys are found in the 1920s, they somehow both have the same coin on them?
0: Oh.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> Very tricky, but your theory falls apart, here, Steve.
0: Oh, there's always next episode to so, uh, <laughs> to do a lot of heavy research.
1: <laughs> All right, should we continue? Please. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I had one thing to say about the scene before that I I, oh, so sure. I forgot about. Um when Marta Alt Marta and Stranger Jonas go out in the rain and she plucks out the goo, (laughs) the goo balls, (laughs) (laughs) shows them to him. Something a music thing I noticed is there was the the really cool like one of the theme songs they play a lot and they did the and um, music
0: Clint Eastwood.
1: No, 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 not it wasn't that. It's like um okay, so in 1899 when we had Lucian and Clements um uh, okay. you know, sleeping together, they were having sex in the room when they first showed them, they had that wobbly music.
0: Right. Yes.
1: So I was like, it happened "Oh, here? they're doing the wobbly music here." So I thought that that type of sound that um the ben frost that's the guy's name that does the music Mm -hmm. i thought he had i hadn't heard him do that until um 1899 but i was like oh he did it. he put it in here which is great because this is this is the moment where marta is messing with stranger Jonas, and the music is very much like we're messing with you you know where's reality and also it's T- not just two time periods, but two worlds aligning. So I thought that was a cool musical thing they did.
0: Yeah, you're right. And we're looking at, you know, Ike. We're looking at Captain Ike here, Ike <laughs> Larson. So, of course, yeah. that ties into... I think there's a lot of parallels to 1899, especially in this uh, last season. Because mm-hmm. I really strongly believe that they were um, crafting 1899 as they were winding down eight um, dark here.
1: Mm-hmm. Um just, yeah, and there's this know, whole that thing means... that old Tannhouse's father tried to raise someone from the dead. And mm-hmm, we know that right. that was part of that show <laughs> as well. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. And the in the um the Eric Lutz um symbol is like that medical symbol. And you went into a deep dive on that medical symbol that, because of yeah, the Caduceus. in 1899.
1: Yeah. Um <laughs> yeah, that was on that was on that wacky uh post you shared today on Instagram, too. <laughs> that symbol. The Caduceus oh. symbol with the uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah the wing that that that's was wild. Right. Okay, uh, everybody, when you if you uh, get a chance, go to Steve's Instagram. It's uh, <laughs> sweet. No, intro, is that an Introvoid or Sweet t- Child of Time Pod? That's, that's
0: Sweet Child of Time because it's okay. podcast related. Yeah,
1: Sweet Child of Time <laughs> Instagram, and he shared a really interesting set of images from <laughs> a user on Reddit that are just above my pay grade, trying to put it together. Lots of stuff with chakras.
0: I really think the guy was just messing with us. I really do. (laughs) Yeah, but he said, thank you
1: for everybody that's helped me research this.
0: (laughs) Well, he's a troll on Reddit. He went into the the dark subreddit. And first he started um, just making these absurd comments to anybody else's comments. And like he was just getting like kicked out of like the the um, conversation by moderators just because of what he was saying. And then he puts mm-hmm. together this crazy like post. I mean, I, th- I think it's very I th- and he's a new user, too. He's like a brand new Redditor and he already has like negative karma and <laughs> he made this wild post and it got deleted like within like a couple of hours because the moderators were like, this guy's trolling us. Oh. but. I thought it was pretty. Um, yeah. I mean, what there was, was semi some substance in into there. it.
1: Yeah, it was like they had, he had Bible verses. He had
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, the stuff about the pine cone and the grenade. I thought that was a cool. I was like, oh, okay, I can follow this guy. And then I was like, wait a second, <laughs> he's going a little <laughs> off the rails. But- I found
0: the most interesting thing was that he talked about the Conwald House and how it resembled a face. And he was like, he got these two eyes, and then you have this third eye like that's like a third chakra and that's where michael committed suicide up in that room and i was like wow i never thought of that before yeah well
1: but- he, he also mentioned the hangman these are like mm-hmm. things from um cards so if you're into that kind of stuff either like eastern uh eastern mythology or stuff like spirituality numerology, numerology stuff like that you might find this post interesting it's not something i'm personally into very much so i was that's why i was like i can't even follow this i'm not even gonna try but okay so we're in world two eva's in her impressive desk chair the unknown enters the room bringing the power plant plans the charlotte pocket watch and the script of ariadne And Mm. the way he kind of laid it out, he put the, he had them all together. And then he puts the watch on one side, the script on the other, the plans in the middle, it's all beautifully laid out and aesthetic. It's kind of Like a
0: magician's flourish is how I wrote it.
1: (laughs) I think there was a little bit of blood still either on the pocket (laughs) watch or the script. So that was a nice touch. Maybe. (laughs) The unknown says, you could have told him which path you're sending him down, how it will end. Oh, well, this was the first time I heard him say a non-quote thing, yes. so let's say that.
0: <laughs> I, I wrote that down because I highlighted that, and I was like, wow, he speaks of his own volition.
1: <laughs> yeah, he seemed to almost, and he seemed to almost have an opinion about mm-hmm. it. He was questioning his mother, which I thought was pretty cool, or questioning Eva. Uh, we haven't established, mm-hmm. I guess we haven't established their relationship yet, but yeah. Um, Eva dismisses this by saying he will never stop trying to break the cycle. He must preserve the knot by letting Marta die. The unknown seems to disapprove of Eva's ac- actions. That was my reading on it. You may disagree. She opens mm-hmm. the plans to the power plant inside of the keys they stole from burn Doppler after killing him. The plans read Kern Craftwork Vinden Volumen Control System, which means... Mm-hmm. The winden power plan volume control system (laughs) this document gives special instructions on how to keep the level steady at the power plant a system that will need to be disrupted to cause the apocalypse now what was why i wanted to note these plans so specifically is Mm -hmm. i believe this is the document that claudia and burns were looking at together
0: it in is, yes.
1: earlier in the show be- because she's pointing out to him that this the levels in mm-hmm. the volume control system were not were um not correct and so i thought that this was yep. notable
0: absolutely yeah i caught that um right away and then like went and researched to make sure that like, is that right and it's was like yep that's absolutely <laughs> right um Yeah, I think that uh, I do kind of see that you were saying, like, it seems like he disagrees with Eva. I see that, too. And I'm seeing him more of a henchman now than an actual, like, you know, just out there murdering people or whatever. It seems like Eva's the one getting him to do all this. And he's going through with it. Doesn't seem like he cares at the time, but
1: Mm
0: -hmm. he's obviously questioning, you know, some of her motives. So, yeah, I don't like Eva by default now. (laughs) <laughs> because mm. I didn't like the unknown, but now that I see he's being led by Eva, then the it, it trickles up. We've got to punch upward, right? So I'm, <laughs> I'm punching up at Eva.
1: Yeah, um yeah, I think he as we I think as we go further in the show, we do begin to see the unknown at least. He may not full out disagree, like, I don't see him going like, oh, you really shouldn't have done that. (laughs) But he's, he seems to be noticing things more and kind of questioning. And in the next episode, there's even a little bit more. And so it, it gives you this hint. You start to see, like, maybe part of him would like to break free or has a little bit of opinions about what he's doing but it's not enough for him to necessarily go off in his own or no. rebel
0: it seems apparent yeah. that like he knows his past and he knows his future and it's all the same thing because it's represented right there there's his mm-hmm. older self so yeah. you know he knows where he's going to be ending up and obviously his older self has seen his younger self do all this stuff i mm-hmm. guess that's how it's supposed to work
1: yeah but he had he had a mission, and he's completed it now. He had he brought all the things he was supposed to bring, all the mm-hmm. things he's collected <laughs> for his game of clue. Um, so <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, these are all the cool set pieces too, like the keys,
1: mm-hmm. Ariadne,
0: the notebook, all that yep. stuff is there.
1: All right, so then we see Teen Jonas exiting the caves which houses Eva's lair, Eric Lux, and he's holding the flashlight. Across town, Charlotte II crosses the police tape blocking off the bunker. She calls Ulrich to check on him, but he doesn't answer. She steps into the bunker and finds a one-fended coin on a red string underneath the bench. At the same time, Helgate II holds his own coin. He repeats, Tick-tock. He gets up out of his chair.
0: So, yeah, we saw Charlotte poking around in the bunker before, but last time she found the little piece of wallpaper.
1: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: And this time, you know, she found like Helge's little calling card. um, mm. and, a, and a little note I had for Charlotte here is like, maybe don't call Ulrich and check up on him. If y'all are breaking up, you know, maybe leave him alone. <laughs> That's my advice to her.
1: Yeah. But at least, <laughs> yeah, I get, can't help though. I guess I can't help comparing her behavior to Hannah. I feel like Charlotte <laughs> is actually concerned about Ulrich yes. as opposed to Hannah who's manipulating Ulrich and is desperately trying to cling on to their connection. Oh,
0: uh-huh. yeah, you're right. Oh, and okay. it was here that I wrote. I wrote a note to myself to ask you about the difference between the <laughs> the penny and the St. Christopher's medallion but we've already done that so we can oh, move on.
1: We can move on. Yeah. <laughs> so Marta 2 shows up at the Obendorfs' trailer to see Killian. She was worried he didn't show up today. And I noticed she said he d- didn't show up at the dorm and I thought, hmm. "Right." It was yeah it was i was curious like again this goes back to our ignorance about the german school system do we have maybe yeah. he lives on campus at the school so that was interesting yeah
0: i was thinking they just got the word wrong and they were supposed to say school and they said oh. dorm instead and it was just a caption goof up but that was my maybe. assumption
1: maybe 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 i didn't listen to the ang- english translation uh i didn't either yeah Well, we're not that invested in Killian, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) He he snaps back that he got kicked out after Ulrich accused him of slipping them drugs. Mm. He's tired of being the one blamed for things. People think of him as trailer park trash. He accuses her of just being with him to upset her parents. She doesn't deny what he says. The breakup mm-hmm. is official, and Jonas mm-hmm. watches their conversations from a distance. Was he wearing a black hoodie?
0: <laughs> Perhaps he was. <laughs> now, I don't want to disregard Killian. I have an opinion about this now. Okay. Back in World One, you know, it was clearly Jonas and Marta, and then, like, when Jonas went away, she was, you know, she started hooking up with Bartosh. Um, but she was also doing this play Mm. and she had the lead role. Killian also had the lead role. So they had this relationship during that time. Um, you might've heard the, the phrase like work husband or work wife. (laughs) Have you, or you know what that is?
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's like
0: a member of the opposite sex who you like hang out with a lot. You don't really have any, any, anything more than a platonic relationship. But you know, there's, you know, you definitely have like your own sort of chemistry. Mm-hmm. So, Killian and Marta obviously have that, and their drama director saw that and put them in the leads together. And you know that, like, when people, actors especially, will work together, they'll inadvertently fall in love with one another because they're, they have this chemistry on screen and it drips off screen. So, you know, maybe Killian's more than we realize. He's spending more time with Martha than we know. They're rehearsing they're looking in each other's eyes and, and complaining about other people in the play and stuff. So there, there might be more to their relationship here. I just wanted to give Killian, you know, a little shout out there because, you know, I'm, I'm getting the feeling he's getting trod upon here. And there's a little trailer, little trailer too. Like when you live in a trailer and somebody comes to the door, like everybody is crowded around the door because there's nowhere else for anybody to go.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. There isn't a lot a lot of time spent in the show on issues of class but in it was the the main difference in like world one was with um jurgen obendorf and alexander obviously alexander can boss him around because jurgen needs the money he was gonna Mm -hmm. help his son save up for that scooter so that's why they were selling drugs together at school um so in this world it is a little, it is a little sad, you know, he says, um, you know, everybody just assumes he's the one that's giving people drugs yeah. and he there's gets there's no drugs involved in this
0: world. That's right. There's no yeah. drugs in this world. That was only in world one. And even Martha, she's like, did you drug me, Killian?
1: <laughs> well, was, you can't say that there's was wild. no, you can't say there's no drugs in this world. I don't know what you mean by that exactly, oh. but.
0: I mean, like there's like in World One, there was a stash of drugs that the opendorfs had, and like the drugs were stashed in the cave. That was the reason they were going to the cave. There was drug dealing.
1: Yeah, there's none. Well, of that now in Killian this world. has all the drugs, so they're not in the cave. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, I don't know. There I don't might know. be. He's trying, but it, you get the feeling maybe he's trying to come clean. You know, maybe he's trying to like go straight now. Yeah. Who knows? Um, but. <laughs> People just think of him as trailer park trash. So he left the dorm. If he lived in the dorm, he's come back to live in the in the trailer with his dad. Oh so.
0: that actually does make sense. Yeah. Maybe he did live in a dorm at school. Like maybe the poor kids do that or something. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, Oh, the cops are harassing me. I'm just gonna go back home with dad and forget school. That kind of makes sense.
1: Yeah. Okay, so at the wind and power plant, Hannah meets with Alexander she tells him how sorry she is about regina Mm -hmm. she asks after his health and family but she proposes a deal she wants to return his items to him she pulls out the plastic bag without its contents which (laughs) would be a god and a passport he assumes she wants money Hannah just wants Charlotte destroyed. In this world, she's after Charlotte, not Ulrich.
0: Lame. I like Charlotte in this world, so leave her alone, Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> and look, the way she like, presents the bag, it's just like the unknown. She does the same thing where she unfolds it, pushes <laughs> the things in the table aside, and like presents it in the table. It's yeah. like she and the unknown are hanging out. hmm
1: Yeah, she... um I mean the unveiling of the bag in World One is a little more cool putting it underneath yes. the massage table, but yes. this is still I'll pretty like that cool. Too.
0: Yeah. It, it, I mean we we got we got Alexander's beard in the scene, so that's fine.
1: Well, but plus no, she Regina. says Yeah, plus she says, I want to return your items to you and then she doesn't give him his items. She just gives him the bag without the items.
0: <laughs> well, she said she wants to, not that she's going to. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, but, lame. Like, you know, you're going to go after Charlotte here. I mean, Katerina might want you destroyed. hmm But that woman's had therapy, and you could, too, Hannah. You could.
0: That's right. Now's a good time for it. I think now's a perfect time before the child's born.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, Charlotte enters St. Christopher's Church. She sees her husband talking to a man we recognize as being Bernadette, Benny, from World One.
0: Do we? Wait a second. Do we? (laughs) I didn't. I I didn't know that. I did not know that until you pointed it out. So, that was a mind blower for me. I'll let you continue. Mind (laughs) blown, everybody. That That was Bernadette. Okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's, I don't think it's noticeable really it's at not all, but at all, when you think but about it, you know
0: it, it's so cool.
1: Yeah. It makes, it makes a lot of sense. And then you mm-hmm. can see the physical similarity. You see it across the different worlds, but Peter quickly stands when he notices Charlotte, Benny leaves thanking Peter for his help. As he exits, Benny keeps looking back at Peter smiling happily. It's very cute. (laughs) Charlotte grumbles to Peter that he didn't answer the phone when she called and that he isn't at home with Francisca. She then asks about Helge's whereabouts last night. It's a soft sell interrogation. (laughs) She continues. (laughs) She continues. He lived in the cabin in 1987. What about 1986? Peter demands to know what Charlotte wants. She pulls out the coin she found in the bunker. She -hmm. recognizes it as Helge's. Peter knows Helge was with him last night. Peter then receives a call from the police station about Helge. He has confessed.
0: Yes. That's okay. My two biggest notes from this scene are first (laughs) off, just crazy that it's Bernadette. Um, and then I wrote down like Benny has a cute smile, but then you said that too, so mm-hmm. I can't say that. But I can <laughs> say this: so he was sitting there in the pew um, talking to Benny. He's Benny here. He's not Bernadette, so we're safe Benjamin, to call him Benny.
1: Probably Benjamin. Benjamin. Yeah.
0: Um, so they're sitting there talking, and um, you know Charlotte comes in and she's like, "Yeah, I've been trying to call you. You didn't answering your phone." Then while they're talking. His phone rings. Peter is like, excuse me, I got to take this call <laughs> right in front of Charlotte. That was a pretty lame duck move right there.
1: Oh, true, man. True. <laughs> but yeah, it's funny because um, Charlotte goes, um, why didn't you answer the phone? And he doesn't say anything. <laughs> he just kind of looks at the pew where where Benny was sitting. <laughs> like a little too obvious
0: yeah <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> we were having too much boy fun I think <laughs> yeah
1: um, but yeah it was, it was interesting how in this, this scene seems so familiar because you know in world one Charlotte would do this too she would just call up Peter after he'd been trying to call her for forever and just launch into investigation whenever Peter says why do you want to know this exactly? She just asked another question.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. No they questions that. will be They teach asked that in the police time.
0: academy. <laughs> what? I said, That's what they teach in the police academy, I guess.
1: <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> okay, so we go right to the police station. Peter, Charlotte, and Waller all listen to Helge's story. Peter tells them that Helge was at home all evening. Helge insists that he killed the boy. Mm -hmm. Charlotte follows up about the clothes and Walkman. They belong to Mads. Helge says he killed him. Just then, Ulrich arrives with Justina. He grabs Helge and begins to shake him up, demanding answers. Ulrich stares at, sorry, Helge stares at Ulrich like a ghost. It was you, he says to Ulrich. He holds up the coin on the string, staring straight at Ulrich. Charlotte finds the duplicate coin in her pocket. Helge's coin reads, Federal Republic of Germany, 1986.
0: Yep. And I believe it got bootstrapped. <laughs> I, th- I guess. I mean, it had mm-hmm. to have.
1: Yeah. But
0: this is this con- this was wild
1: mm-hmm.
0: how, you know, he points at Ulrich and was like, it was you. So mm-hmm. in this world, apparently, Ulrich had, is going to be doing the old same thing. Traveling back in time, beating up Helge as a little kid, giving him that coin. I mean, it seems like based on this scene, that's what either will happen or has happened, right?
1: Yeah, it wasn't clear what. I mean, the thing I know is clear is probably Helge, um, probably, or it caused Helge's eye issue.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, but. Yeah,
0: like when he was a kid. <laughs>
1: Like, but it is a little confusing because he says, I killed the boy. I killed the boy. But then when Ulrich comes in, he's like, it was you. It was him. He did it. (laughs) And and it's like, well, wait a second. What are you talking about?
0: Well, you followed the logic and who the boy is in both Mm -hmm. the situations though, right?
1: Yeah. The boy must be Matt's.
0: No, no. When he points to Ulrich and was like, it was you. Meaning like it was you that beat me up when I was a kid yeah and busted my eye and then oh, yeah. mm-hmm. gave me yeah. this coin
1: yeah but yeah. he's just so like think... he just holds the coin and he's like <laughs> just gives him this the the ugly stare like see this yeah. coin <laughs>
0: i guess that was for the audience and for charlotte so charlotte mm-hmm. could pull out her coin and go huh
1: yeah
0: <laughs> just like us
1: because she you know because she's like this coin is gaze, you know so Mhm. Mhm. But yeah, it's typical- almost as if
0: the the coin that she found proves his not doesn't prove his innocence, but he holds up his coin. Mm-hmm. So it's like this means that Helge didn't actually do anything
1: yeah. because
0: he still has his coin. So the coin she found is just a well, we know it's a bootstrapped coin, but just yeah. a false imitation. I don't know.
1: But it's going to keep, it's going to keep them stuck in the, like, the crime will never be solved because, because now it's like, oh, well, it's just two different coins. I guess Helge has no connection. Plus Helge was with Peter and Elizabeth that night. So, yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. Plus you could sell those Air Jordans for a lot of money (laughs) in 2021. Anyway.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, what typical, like, okay, as as emotionally in touch as this Ulrich seems to be, he still hasn't gotten a hold of his temper. He came right in and just grabbed Helge and started (laughs) shaking him up, even though he's being held, you know, at a police station. He's being questioned. He's being brought to justice.
0: (laughs) Ulrich's gonna Ulrich, you know.
1: Yeah. Alt Marta walks in the woods with her yellow rain jacket. Jonas steps in her way. She accuses him of following her. You're right. He yep. is following you. <laughs> she wants to know how they know each other. He says they have always known each other. He begins to share stories about her. Magnus knocked her tooth out in kindergarten. Mikkel put spiders in her shoes. Katarina had to pick up Marta early from a field trip when she got homesick. Where I come from, you and I have the same past. She tries to step around him, but he grabs her arm. He knows that she saw herself last night in the forest. Her future self told him. Jonas wants to show her how it's connected so she will believe him, just as Alt does to stranger Jonas.
0: Excellent job, both you and Jonas. <laughs> you did a good job. Summer summarizing that Jonas did a great job convincing Martha here, bringing in all the facts, bringing in all the past, all the things that he possibly could not know to prove that he knows what he knows. This is like a, this is a golden, just like the little golden globe thing she uses to travel with. This is a golden globe moment for uh Louis Hoffman here. I think this was his best job. One of his best jobs at being Jonas, in my opinion
1: um i still wish that i still wish that he could do more it with was with the body language like sure, or like sure. he did with his dad if he had like a, a clever quote you know like ultimate fist bump or something it's a lot more succinct and cool and convincing to do that than to be like remember that time that you know but
0: you're right you're right yeah. i can't i mean i would i would have loved the ultimate fist bump too or something along those <laughs> lines but i think you did a good line delivery here i was sold yeah. i believed him
1: so we warped to world one Jonas puts the black ball marty gave him in a stone basin ah oh, here we're getting to what happened mm-hmm. see he puts the black ball in a stone basin magnus francisca and martosh stand by to see if anything happens mart uh stranger Jonas goes light em up boys <laughs> <laughs> uh electric bolts hit the black metal <laughs> liquid snap crackle pop it formulates into a black <laughs> god particle <laughs> but quickly dissolves again they turn around Aww. to find alt marta god huh.
0: Yeah, like a magician, like I'll make this big distraction. Mm-hmm. Everybody will look at it and then I'll run away.
1: <laughs> oh, Marta's turned into the Houdini.
0: Mm hmm. Oh, yeah, that's right. It <laughs> runs in the Nielsen's. <laughs> yeah, that was close. They almost got there. That was really close. I was really proud of them. Um, I think they can get it. Just need a little, little more amperage there. They still got the goo. Like, it didn't work, but, like, Mm -hmm. that black goo is still oozing around in that pot.
1: And that gets at what I think the purpose of this was. Is that Marta gave him the black blob as a distraction, and now this stuff will keep them busy. So, instead of Hmm. asking the real questions or getting any closer to the actual truth they're going to spend time trying to study this black goo, which keeps them from actually getting closer to the truth. So it's just another Hmm. attempt to continue the loop or we'll just keep everybody on the same course until we can create paradise.
0: But this had to happen though, in order to make everything happen, like in order for them to time travel, they have to start from square one and go through all the little, you know, you know, Noah explained that to us back in season one. So I, I kind of believe this, is this, this is not helping them just like spin their wheels and waste their time. This is helping them get to their objective. So it's, you know, dual purposeful because like without that ball, you know, because we see Adam uh, about, I guess, 33 years after this, He's got the same setup, the same snappy crackly thingies and mm-hmm. he's making the same black ball so it seems like it's just taken him a long time to like, you know, get to that point. But he had to get to that point for us to get to this point where we are.
1: We'll see. <laughs> <Okay>. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see in the uh, next few episodes. Um if what happens with the stuff if it actually gets them any closer to their goal okay um so Altmarta arrives in her room breathlessly she holds the golden ball and a lamp mm-hmm. from inside her apron she pulls out a triggering capsule so she lied about that being the only one she mm-hmm. loads it into the sphere and disappears from the room stranger Jonas. Walks in just after she disappeared and all of the pixie dust disappears. <laughs> Stranger Jonas looks at Francisca, Magnus, and Bartosh, most pointedly at Bartosh. So what was it all about? I put it all here. What did alt Marta okay. accomplish by giving Jonas that capsule? I can only assume that using the triggering capsule somehow sets them back. At any rate, they know she lied to Stranger Jonas and could have helped them escape. Instead, Mm -hmm. she left them stranded. The evolution of stranger Jonas to Adam creeps ever closer, and it's written all over his face. Yeah, he just looked so pissed off after this moment.
0: That's a solid point that she could have um, time-traveled them out of there. But then that would have, like, messed up the loop somehow. It would have messed up that loop. Yeah, it would it, I mean, why wouldn't they wanted to? Why wouldn't they want to mess up the loop, though? Isn't that their whole goal? <laughs> I mean, it's um, yeah. There's there's all kinds of different options that could that she could have done here, Marta. But yeah, she chose the one option to do what Adam said: give him the ball and then get out of there.
1: Yeah, and then what were the consequences of that? Well, Stranger Jonas and. Stranger, um, Jonas, Stranger Jonas and Marta start this escalating thing where they are just messing with each other's worlds <laughs> over and over again. Um, so we then warp to world two. Jonas and old Marta walk toward the caves. She looks nervous to be there. He powers up the flashlight and she follows him. We get our montage song, which is called Inside, featuring Red Rosamond by Chris Avantgarde. The lyrics act as a warning to someone. If I was you, <laughs> I'd run. If I was you, I'd hide. Both Marta <laughs> and Jonas choose to follow their co- counterpart into the darkness, hoping for someone they can believe in. Hmm. D- During the montage, we see Helge... Looking at his shaking hands, Jonas leads Alt-Marta through the caves. Charlotte and Peter walk past Ulrich, sitting in his office chair. Peter's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah comes home to an empty bed. Jonas yeah. and Marta come to the door in the cave. This time it reads, at Lux. Let there be light. We cut to old Eva in the Eret Lux lair. She looks at a St. Christopher Medet. St. Christopher medallion Eret Lux has the symbol of the Caduceus oh I put it in here the staff Mm -hmm. of Hermes it's a symbol of health resurrection and bringing the dead to life
0: that's how I knew about your 1899 tie-in right there (laughs) Mm -hmm. because you wrote it yeah I think I think this montage and you are leading us right along I don't have anything really to delve into here until you get to the next scene Mm -hmm. do you
1: I don't have anything else. Nope, I do not. Okay. We cut to September 23rd, 2053. It's snowing ashes over the destroyed power plant. Mm-hmm. Alt Marta walks through the ruins. She comes to the door of the old reactor pool. We can see those old yellow hazmat suits.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: She walks into a room with switches and beeping noises adam speaks to her asking if she gave it to him he calls his younger self gullible okay adam did send her adam tells her she did the right thing the two of them watch as the pulsing the two of them watch as the pulsing god particle pulses i don't know what i was trying to say there anyway (laughs) that god particle is pulsing away it is. And this must be world 1 even though we didn't <laughs> warp. This is Adam's world.
0: Yeah, we didn't get the sound. They didn't get any, anything like that, but yeah, this is a nice suspense moment like when Martha comes to the door and we don't know who she's going to see. Mm-hmm. Then we see it's Adam. I think that was a that was a great like moment of suspense and surprise because you were I was mm-hmm. not expecting to see Adam here at that moment the first time I saw this. Yeah. It kind of blew my mind actually. <laughs> it's mind, It's a little mind-blowing that the worlds are okay so yeah you said we had the stranger Jonas young Martha then we had Eva and the young Jonas and now we have time-traveling Aunt Martha here with Adam, Adam. <laughs> leading her along mm-hmm. so yeah they're definitely intertwined we've got two more 1899 tie-ins He's wearing that awesome jacket that um, that Ike Larson loves so much. Got the collar popped, the pea coat going. <laughs> so Adam does have a cool jacket. He dresses nice. You point that out before. He is a, he is a sharp dresser.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then on the walls, when you saw like those um, those yellow hazmat suits, there
1: mm-hmm. was all
0: that weird like big mushroom growth that was on top of the wall. It looked like it was just like this big protruding like I don't know. It reminded mm-hmm. me also of 1899 mm-hmm. when they were going through their hallways and those crystals were the like crystals. closing in on them. Um, they had, I've, This is the second time I've seen this in this future world where I guess, like, I don't know. I don't know what it's supposed to be. Like burst asbestos or like a big mushroom formation. But, you know, yeah. it's like it's 1890. It's Dark Ways stuff. They love it.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I kind of, one thought I had is, um, but I might have an answer to my own question. Um, That's well, not bad. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I noticed that, like, we don't see Elizabeth, for instance. As At soon as all. I saw September 23rd, 2053, I was like, huh, I don't see Elizabeth here. Like, why? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, doesn't he you know she's probably busy doing something but um you know we're hanging
0: somebody right now
1: (laughs) yeah well we saw her in the last episode um she and charlotte were you know hanging out um they could be on their mission um i don't know they could be on a mission from uh, another mission from adam but i I did wonder like it could would have been a cool I don't know. It would have been a cool thing for Elizabeth to be there, I guess.
0: No, it is a cool thing. I think you're right. I think Elizabeth is there in a way. Like, we don't see her on screen, but I remember in season two, us having this discussion. We can rewind, go back maybe like two months to when we had this discussion. Like, I was saying... It doesn't seem like Elizabeth's in charge. It seems like she's taking orders from somebody else, right? And now we're seeing Adam here, and
1: yeah.
0: So now and I I'm thought wondering maybe if, like, it
1: was. I thought it was maybe it was Noah. Sh-
0: sure, that's a possibility too.
1: But he well, did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know, just because you're dead doesn't mean you can't time travel back around. <laughs> We've seen Claudia do it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, that's neat stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I love his coat. I'm going to get it.
1: Yeah. Okay. So this was cool. So in World 2, Jonas and Marta step out of the caves. It's a wasteland, not a shrubbery or tree in sight. says that A shrubbery. He says that, <laughs> he says that <laughs> she told him to bring her there. Mm-hmm. A figure walks toward them, wrapped from head to toe. The woman unwraps her head covering. She says, "Welcome to the future." It's adult Marta, thirty-three years older than Alt Marta.
0: Hmm. Yeah, she didn't have to do the unveil thing because we've <laughs> never seen her before, so that was unnecessary.
1: <laughs> it is a desert. <laughs> there, t- she's trying to keep you know herself from getting burned, oh. and yeah.
0: That's true. Like a Dune. It is like they reminded me of Dune or like Tatooine or something like that. But I, I did happen to think like, we've never seen this woman before. So there was really no reason to do that. Like when you see somebody unveil, you think they're going to take off their mask. And it's like, oh, my God, it's it's Elizabeth <laughs> or something like that. So it says like, oh, it's a woman. We don't know who it is, but she's got bangs. It hmm. must be Martha.
1: Yeah, when I first saw this now, it did say. He did say she told him to bring her there. So you knew it was going to be a female. But I think when I first saw this, I thought like I was like, is it going to be Noah? Like I thought it was going to be Noah. I think Mm -hmm. I thought maybe it was going to be Hannah. I don't know. I was just I was like, "I," or maybe Elizabeth, Um, but like, welcome to the future. That's uh, that's the girl from the future's line. Um, So it's a
0: presumptuous thing to say, you know?
1: Yeah. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it could be coming from even more future than yours. Come on. And yeah, when he says she sent me, he's talking about Eva, right? He's not talking to He's never met this middle-aged Martha either. This is Jonas's first time meeting her too. Eva sent him here mm-hmm. with a flashlight.
1: Well, and you also get the feeling, very much get the f- sense of feeling that teen Jonas is equally shocked at what he's seeing. Yes the desert right. that's why I was making that point. with yeah. no trees he's very surprised by this too
0: yes I noticed that and I like how they're serving as like a guide for one another <laughs> in like these different worlds like just like you were saying the the mirrorism and and here's some more of that with Jonas guiding Martha around and in the other world like Martha shows up and gives Jonas stuff to guide him around it's It's dark. It's dark ways. It's great.
1: Yeah. And so this, I think uh, I'm about to drop some cool stuff onto you. Um, Okay. Well, this isn't something I realized until until this watch. So uh, the the Sic Mundus, their thing is, and so the world began. Mm -hmm. Um, The world began in darkness. Eret Lux is let there be light.
0: Uh, Let there be light
1: and then there's light but also um they keep saying uh they're the shadow where the light and literally Mm -hmm. the apocalypse is the light is light like it's so it's a total opposite the apocalypse looks (laughs) a total opposite in world one and world two yeah you're right i I just thought that was a wild visual difference like when i first saw this it wasn't dawning on me that like oh this is just this is what the apocalypse looks like but in winden the first one and it's always raining and i didn't it didn't hit me that like in world two i don't think we really saw much raining um but you know when the apocalypse hits it's like raining all the time from then on like peter and elizabeth Uh walking around and here Uh they're in the apocalypse and it's like bright and sunny (laughs)
0: Yeah. Like the atmosphere has been like erased and now it's just like always like baking on sun, taking over all, like there's no forestry, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's wild. Like we are the light. And as a matter of fact, it's really light. <laughs> <laughs> so much light, you can't stand it. Yeah, that's, that's neat. Um, yeah, I, I was going to say something else, but I, but I lost my train of thought. Sorry.
1: Mm hmm. Um, let's see. I'm trying to see if I have any of the questions are worth talking about. Yeah, I wondered if Jonas expected to see this Marta or if he expected to see Eva.
0: Yeah, right. I'm guessing he probably thought he was going to see Eva. Yeah. I'm guessing. Because, yeah, this is supposed to be in the future. So I suppose the Eric Lutz room where Eva's hanging out is like the future beyond this middle-aged Martha. I don't know. I kind of got the jive that just like with Adam, that Jonas and Eva were standing in a room that existed like, you know, before time, if that makes sense. Hmm. Not before time, but like, you know, before, um, you know, the 80s time period, before the 50s time period, like Adam is hanging out like in the 20s in his lair. Mm Yeah. So I assume that Eva's kind of doing the same thing. So it makes me wonder Um, how there is a middle aged Eva here in the apocalypse. But mm, time travels, the answer.
1: Yeah, she traveled. And it's (laughs) uh, the uh, credits on IMDb call her female stranger. But for parallel, Sorry. for parallel sake, I think we should call her Stranger Marta, not female yeah. stranger. I don't like that.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. She is like the, that's right. Because, like, you know, Stranger Jonas is like strikingly handsome, but like aging. And yeah, she's strikingly beautiful and aging as well. And it yeah. makes perfect sense. I want her to meet Stranger Jonas. I in know. This it's period. such
1: a bummer that, <laughs> that those two of them never meet, but there's a reason for that.
0: Yeah, I guess so. But it's
1: like, (laughs) oh, would the chemistry be there if uh, Stranger Jonas and Stranger Barta met?
0: I would guess it's got to be. Come on. (laughs) I want to back up a little bit. We're talking about the difference between the worlds. We said it it doesn't rain in Martha's world, but it is foggy. Like, that's the, the marker in her world, is it's always foggy for whatever reason. In world two. Like, that's like a... Every scene, there's like fog rolling through.
1: In which world? World two. There's fog.
0: Mm hmm. All the time.
1: Mm.
0: Like, because it's not necessarily raining, but it's always foggy. Like, you see like the Conwald house enveloped in fog, mm. Nielsen house, the same. Anytime they're outside, it's foggy. Mm. And that's just not my observation. That's like, that's a, you know, it's a pretty like, um, well-traveled observation from many people, not just myself. You pointed out the yellow pillow, though, in World Two, when Martha was laying down and dad comes by to ask if she's on drugs <laughs> mm-hmm. and you said she's got a yellow pillow. To my eye, it looked orange. Um, but I. I defer. I don't know. It looked orange to me. <laughs> Maybe a listener, maybe one of our (laughs) listeners can write in and see what color they thought it was. Because what I was thinking in my mind was, you know, Jonas's world is like the yellow world Mm
1: -hmm. and they are wearing
0: that yellow raincoat and then like there's the striking red colors and then like, you know, orange is like a mixture between red and yellow. Mm -hmm. Um, But I could just be wrong straight up. I don't know.
1: (laughs) Yeah, let's arm wrestle over it.
0: (laughs) Okay, gotcha. (laughs) <laughs> I'm turning my hat backwards like Sylvester Stallone now. <laughs> well, yeah, Lindsay, who, um, I'm going to ask you now, who, uh, who struck your fancy this episode, who you liked the most and who didn't strike your fancy this episode?
1: Um, oh, I like who struck my folly first.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: Um, I'm still, I'm still, my wheels are still spinning about favorite character, but for least favorite character, I am going to give that award this week to Eva. Okay, fair. Yeah, she just annoyed me with all of her speeches. And Mm -hmm. then the, when the, even her... Murderous son comes in. The unknown comes in and even says, "So why didn't you you could have at least told him this and she's like, <laughs> eh. if you're if you're murderer, assistant even like questions you. You're a pretty terrible person."
0: Yep. I picked her too. Um because I've always thought the unknown was the worst, but then I find out she's controlling the unknown. So yeah. Eva's my least favorite character too for that same reason. Okay. You did make a slip up when you were talking just now that I'm going to edit out for the <laughs> sake of um no spoilers for next week. But um Yeah,
1: okay, okay. Sorry <laughs> about that. I keep I caught you. It's so hard to remember like everything.
0: I know. Well,
1: it's honorable true. mention for most horrible to Hannah for her like for her lame brownies yeah. and sniffing. Since In we both
0: Spanish soap opera acting,
1: <laughs> since we both mentioned uh, Eva, let's give an honorable mention to Hannah.
0: Okay, that's fair. All right, because yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna, I've already thought about it and already decided Eva over Hannah, but Hannah was like my my clear next choice.
1: Okay, so for for my favorite character for this one. I think I'm actually going to... This one's a little tough, but I'm going to give it to Stranger Jonas for this episode. Hmm. I just, choice. Yeah, I just... I really felt for... The, I really felt for the bastard. I mean, he's just... <laughs> he's not a bastard? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's kind of a... He's getting to the point where he's a little bit of a creep at this point. He's not being a very nice person. He is concealing information from his friends about, you know, the identity of Adam. And so it's no wonder that they don't trust him. And uh, yeah, this goes back to like, why did it makes me wonder again, why Magnus and Francisca stuck with him this time? time obviously Bartosh grows to hate him even worse. But I just I felt for a Stranger Jonas and okay. I didn't like I, I guess I could have almost given a second honorable mention to Alt Marta. Like I know you stuck up for her, so I hear you, mm-hmm. but I think she acted pretty <laughs> terrible. So I just feel bad for Stranger Jonas. And so maybe maybe I'm giving him pity points. But I don't know if mm-hmm. there are. wasn't really anybody that <laughs> honestly stuck out a lot in this in this, epi- in this the episode for me. So who's your favorite, okay. Steve?
0: Okay, well, first off, I totally disagree <laughs> that there is somebody that has really <laughs> stuck through with every scene that they were in. But I thought it was funny how you were like, yeah, Strange Universe is my favorite. And then you named a bunch of things that were like bad about him. <laughs> and I was like, is there going to be a butt here? I don't know. <laughs>
1: I still so like him though. Like I like him. Oh, and yeah. I like I. I feel for him. I always am like I'm like I feel bad for Stranger Jonas. Yeah.
0: I mean, when I like I've told you before, when I think of the show Dark, the first person that comes to my mind is Stranger Jonas. So he's like the star of the show in my mind. Uh, but this, in this case, in this episode, the young man who was always coming around and stepping up, breaking up fights. Talking to his sister, standing up to his dad, standing up for himself. It's my man, Magnus. <laughs> he came through this episode. There's nothing bad about Magnus this episode. He was great the whole way through.
1: I can't, okay. You liked how he talked to his sister?
0: Well, no, that's the way Magnus is. We've established <laughs> that Magnus is a great friend, but he would suck as a sibling. <laughs> And he would suck if like you were a wimp and he was like a bully. That would be awful. Mm -hmm. But if you were Magnus's friend and like you got into a fight, he would be there to like break up the fight (laughs) and he would act all tough and rude, but he'd really be there, you know, supporting you. In my opinion, I I had to give this some thought and like, you know, I had to like, (laughs) just like you, I was like, who is my favorite this episode? I don't know. And so I had to come to some determination. I was going to do the same as you did. Give some pity points over to Killian. But no, Magnus. <laughs> Magnus is my man.
1: I agree with everything else you said. Besides that he talked to his sister. I was like, well, he did. But he wasn't. It's just like the last episode, too. He, he was like, he's like, are you okay? Um, time travel is real. You're crazy. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, everything else he said, he did stand up to himself. He stood up to his dad. And, yeah,
0: I agree with that. Yeah. You know, just a side note, all those, like, posters on his wall. I was, like, checking out all those bands. I've never heard of any of those bands they had on the wall. I think they're just, Mm -hmm. like, a couple of them do have, like, Instagram accounts. Mm -hmm. I think they're just, like, small, unknown German punk bands. And they made a point to, like, be like, yeah, Magnus is, you know, A underground dude. This is what he's into. I think Mm -hmm. think that's kind of neat. I don't like his uh, Gen Z tattoos. I mean, I like tattoos in general, but like the tattoos that he chooses to get, where like he just draws like random stuff all over his body, (laughs) kind of like a Post Malone situation. Eh, I don't know. Maybe get a nice back tattoo, Magnus.
1: I think that's where the identity as nihilist people are saying comes from. Is the X's Mm -hmm. X's on his hands? Is like. Mm -hmm. nihilist so maybe no um,
0: x's on the hand is straight edge that's um, always been represented in punk rock as like x's on your hand means you're straight edge
1: well shows you how uninformed i am about all of the nuances
0: (laughs) you gotta know this as a librarian when you see some kids walk in with x's on their hands you know they've been to a punk show last night and they didn't drink
1: okay (laughs) all right (laughs)
0: But yeah, that's it for our episode. We came in under the clock this time, under two hours, uh, which is interesting because, um, you know, I usually just like to plug my friends being like Lindsay here. So I always plug oneofmystories.com and I listened to the most recent one of my stories. Uh, you were reviewing um, Napoleon and the new, uh, what's that series called? Hunger Games. Uh, Hunger Games. And you were like, yeah, one of these movies was pretty great. And one of these movies was not. And you really, um, you really did the twist on me there. It was, that was an interesting (laughs) podcast. But what you said in that podcast is you were like, these movies are like two and a half hours long, these (laughs) long bloated movies. And it made me think about our podcast. And I was like, hmm, our podcasts are two and a half hours long as well. (laughs) But I guess I have like one, one day to edit them. So, I mean, that's my. You know, if I had a year to edit these podcasts, I would get them down <laughs> to like really clippy, fast conversation. But mm. as it is, I'm I'm on the fly. <laughs> but yeah, that worried me, Lindsay. I was like, "Damn, are we bloated?" Well, too? it's not
1: just for being long because like Oppenheimer was long, um, "Killers right? of the Flower oh, the yeah. Moon" was long, and I that flew by for me. It's like being long and not making any sense to have a biopic right. about Nicole, Napoleon that's not interesting and doesn't highlight his greatness as a military leader, you know? So, yeah. But if you want to know more about that, you can listen to the episode on one of my stories. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: please do. It's great. Um And yeah, you're right. We're, we're not, you know, giving out some half-assed content. Our two and a half hours are always mm-hmm. on point we could be releasing episodes of just me and you getting on the horn here and talking about our animals and (laughs) just babbling about nothing, but instead we're focused. We, (laughs) we have an agenda. We go through everything we need to go through. So kudos to us, not to Ridley Scott.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, every once in a while we throw in a wild, you know, non sequitur, but usually I think we stick to the recap and,
0: I'm proud of us. <laughs> I'll say it right now. Great job. And it was just Thanksgiving. I'm thankful.
1: <laughs> Me too.
0: But yeah, I guess we'll wrap it up for this week, Lindsay. Um, yeah. Did you have any plugs or anything you wanted to, um, to close us out with?
1: No, I mean, I'm just, yeah, just keep, keep it on, keep it on. I released the mission today, but, um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that that review of that documentary—it's actually a discussion with another film critic. It's a pretty mm-hmm. good, it's a pretty good one. So you could check that out if you're into documentaries.
0: I will check it out. Mm-hmm. And I guess since I have like an extra minute here, um, I'll inform Lindsay that um, we've been working. Well, we'll have a surprise song perhaps in the future. We won't say what it is, but I'll tell you, Lindsay, that I've been working on it. It's uh, it's much harder than I thought, and I have a half-assed version I can share with you, but I would prefer to have a maybe a little more a three-quartered ass version <laughs> to share with you. But I am, but I am diligently working on it. I've been working on it a little bit every day. Um, mm-hmm. so that's something coming up the pike. We'll have a new song coming out in the next, I don't know, let's say twenty twenty-four. <laughs> we'll go for that. Sounds goal. good. <laughs> Uh, I've been talking to one of James's friends, Corwin, and, um, I confirmed this with Corwin today that he's going to be joining me after Lindsay and I do some dark Corwin's going to join up with me for some episodes every now and then to talk some wheel of time because he's a book reader too. We're both spoiled to the whole story so we can talk openly about everything. I don't have to hide any facts like I do from James. Um, so yeah, that's something coming up a new, new co-host for sweet child of time. A fifth sweetie. How's that? <laughs> but yeah, that's all I got for today. I'll um I'll wheel us out of here now, Lindsay. Hope you always hope you have a good evening. Thank you for joining me again as usual.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Yes, ma'am. And I hope everybody always finds water and shade and shoes. Bye.
1: Bye.